0: Thor Ockerlin and welcome to video game bullshit.
1: This is Jeffrey Wittenhagen. I'm an author of multiple gaming books, including collector's guides for both the Nintendo and Super Nintendo. I'm a huge fan of action RPGs like The Legend of Zelda and obscure systems like the Neo Geo and TurboGrafx-16. And we've got guys.
0: Hey, I'm big into uh, no death runs, high score runs, uh, collector of all things, vintage and retro. Uh, pretty much anything video game related also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. Please call our number, leave a voicemail, or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. Alright, SNES fun. It's time. Go down memory lane once again.
1: Exactly. Super Nintendo is ridiculous, and right up my alley. I'm I'm super, super fresh in the mind with stories and everything, man. Right up Hagen's Alley, baby. Right up the Hagen's Alley. (laughs) (laughs) God. (laughs) (laughs) That being said, I'll I'll, I'll drink my my cider.
0: (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to pick up some... uh... Pineapple juice and rum for the Red Beard uh, classic, but you know, I ended up getting some uh, Orchard's Edge Naughty Pear cider.
1: Naughty Pear cider.
0: Naughty Pear, Naughty Pear. I
1: have a seasonal Angry Orchard a Sinful Apple, so it's like cinnamon cool. apple cider.
0: Yeah, it's on six point five alcohol. It's fucking good, man. Six point
1: five. Jeez.
0: Yeah. Am I just five? <laughs> yeah, that's a normal. Yeah, and then I got some uh, Fireball too, so I'm all warmed up. Fireball, Fireball. <laughs> uh yeah, so yes. So story time. We're not going to go into the technical like Super Minutia too much. It's more do a little bit of overview, little wallpaper.
1: The quick Minutia of the Super Nintendo. Um, obviously it's what everybody knows that it was released in 1991. Um, August time frame. The price, uh, 200 bucks, $199, um, is discontinued in 1999, so right before 2000. Uh, let's see here. There's almost 50 million units sold worldwide. And, of course, Mario World was a pack-in, and there was about 20 million copies sold, which is insane. If you Think about it.
0: Oh, beautiful.
1: Obviously, yeah. Um, The follow-up to the legendary Nintendo Entertainment System. So the interesting part about the Super Nintendo was basically the reliance on all the different hardware chips within the cartridges. So you'd have your Super FX chip and your, you know, MC3 chip on the Nintendo started that, where now in the Super Nintendo it does some crazy graphical expectations like polygonal drawings and... A bunch of madness, um, and you had your classic Mode 7 graphical, like, different zoom-ins and outs, and you know, it's just one of those awesome systems that does a lot of cool stuff without, you know, degrading the graphical capabilities to go to polygons. It's really interesting.
0: Yeah, the, the artsiness, the way the sprites are drawn, it's just another step forward in the colorful, and really lends itself to pretty much every um style of game that came up out at that point. Um I would say first person shooters are iffy, <laughs> but that's the programming too. I mean, that's another thing. Mm-hmm. It might be possible now if you did it right, but um yeah, it was great for the platformers and your side scrollers and uh the RPGs are amazing. Uh, are just like insane you know like a clan of the gray wolf uh, channel 16-bit gems just i mean just watch all those and you'll learn a fucking shit ton people oh
1: absolutely and like I, i really think that the platformers and racing games and a lot of those aspects are huge upgrades from the nes version doesn't necessarily mean they're better they're just times two. They're 16, you know, eight times two. It's like, it's just, they've upped the ante on those. But I, I feel like the RPGs and action RPGs are where the Super Nintendo really shines. And there's just so many that they brought over. And there's so many that they didn't bring over that now have fan translations that, that it's, it's really just a, um, a bee's nest of rpg goodness like you just shake it all up and watch everything explode
0: the two that just come to mind are like link to the past and secret of mana i mean if if i was gonna get the system tomorrow those two would be like on my uh sharpshooting target list
1: absolutely like those two i i always was um a stickler for uh liking the secret of evermore even though a lot of people don't really care for that comparatively to Secret of Mana. Um, I just really liked that it was set in contemporary times, and then you have your dog with you, and you're, you know you get a little scrappy dude, and he turns into a big muscular dude.
0: <laughs> it's kind of like uh, Earthbound. Yeah. Uh, We're the setting, the setting of Earthbound, and it's definitely a, a must-have. Uh, what's cool about Secret of Mana and Link to the Past, just so much green and so much nature, and I just love that. Yeah aspect to it
1: yeah that's definitely the thing about mana and um and link to the past and link to the past has that whole holistic world i mean it's my favorite game of all time so of course i'm a little impartial but i mean you even get your egyptian aspects with the pyramid of power you get all the different dichotomies between light and dark and two different worlds and you get to flip back and forth and see how the worlds are different and you have you know epic boss battles and it's, and nowadays, you know, it's it's we're so used to it that it's no longer um, awestruck, like, ridiculousness. But when we were kids, it was, like, jaw-dropping every time we would get to a new boss. It was ridiculous.
0: <laughs> oh, God. I mean, it's social warm time in my life. For one of my birthdays, I can't remember which one. I have to do some research on that. But I got Links of the Past, and I got... Uh, the SNES Game Genie and, um, the strategy guide. And it was a little beat up. It was used. But I remember buying the strategy guide. We got Zelda 3 and Game Genie for SNES, um, from Funko Land. And then, uh, on the way home, we stopped the video game emporium. It was my, my birthday. My dad always spoiled me. I mean. To to this day, to this day, he was a good man. He was a good. Well, he like lived through that too. He, he was um, a good man. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> he is a good man. <laughs> you still are, Dad. You still are. Yes, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, he like lived through me though. He's like, I'm not good at games, but I, I like to watch you play them. So he would kind of like chill with me and watch me play. Um, but yeah, we stopped the video game emporium after Funko Land, and then uh, we. Just for shits, and we actually saw the Zelda Three strategy guide there. It was a little used, it was a little beat up, but it was cheap. Probably 10 15 at the most. And then I took that home with me, so that was like one of the greatest nights of my life. Nice. So the first night, I actually got all three pendants. Oh, jeez. And then I actually, it's funny, I got stuck in the Hyrule Castle. So you get the Master Sword and then you uh blast you, you blast the little shield spirit guy in the hyrule castle i actually got i actually got stuck in the room with the curtains isn't that hilarious isn't that hilarious cuz this spirit actually really? goes right through the one that you need to hit agnim i didn't even like put that together yeah. dude i i played that thing through like 3 times before i finally figured out that you could swipe the curtains this is why. I wasn't used to the interactivity. In the NES, a lot of times you can't interact with your environment.
1: So this was a whole new thing. You did you did you not reference your
0: guide? It didn't say it in there. It didn't say it in the guide, wow. It's more like your compendium. It's there's spreads, beautiful artwork, incredible. But it uh-huh. doesn't tell you it's not like the Final Fantasy Nintendo Power Guide where it tells you kind of, like, it lays everything out. It doesn't lay everything out for you. It's actually perfect in that it, it lets you still have your own experience. So um, I was stuck at that part until I figured out how that you could actually, like, hit those curtains. You can do that in the very first, when you go in the Hyrule Castle, the very beginning of the game. But again, again. Like, I, I didn't know. I mean, see, that's what's funny, those little small things.
1: It's interesting that you say, like, learning new things, because there is a lot of things that A Link to the Past introduces that's the first one in the series, you know, because the original Legend of Zelda was the first top-down, and then you have to skip part two, because it's different. So, like, like even something as simple as the curtains, like, you wouldn't think to do that, because there wasn't something like that in the NES version.
0: Right, yeah, it's and really um, cool. we'll talk more about Zelda 3 on our episode... But um, I just kind of wanted to go into the um, just the mind blow sure. of having the most recent thing actually being a Zelda fan originally, and now it's become this crazy thing.
1: My irony was I didn't get Legend of Zelda till much much later because I didn't get my Super Nintendo till much much later, so it was it was many many years later that I got it, and then I got, like, the Super Nintendo, and then I got The Legend of Zelda, like, a year or two after that, because I picked it up used. Like, it was just brutal, like, how long I had to wait for stuff. And it was just, you know, like, my, my parents didn't spoil me on video games to a ridiculous extent. Like, it would be one or two things for Christmas, and maybe for the birthday, but typically not for the birthday. So, like, the year that the Super Nintendo came out, you know, I was still getting Nintendo games. It was 1991. So I got my, you know, Mario Brothers 3 Nintendo system in 1991, I want to say. Um, and then, so 1991, right after that, Super Nintendo came out. So I was way behind the power curve. I still had another year or two. Um, Right after that, when the Nintendo Mini came out, I got that for Christmas with a Nintendo Game Genie that wasn't compatible traded up for Kirby's Adventure. So I'm still, like, not in Super Nintendo land. And right around there is when we could start working. And I started working so I could save up and get a Super Nintendo because I was tired of just going to friends' houses and playing it. So I still played it. But it was more like I would go over to friends' houses and we'd all play and take turns.
0: You could never concentrate on your craft?
1: No, no. And never really truly enjoy it. So, I mean, that could be something that, you know, also is instrumental in why I always go back to the NES over the Super Nintendo um, about six times out of ten, I would say. The other four I go to Super NES. Uh, it, It might just be simply because... I had the Nintendo more in my prime as a gamer, as a kid game, as a kid game. Yeah. So we're still in our prime, but
0: yeah, that's like, right. like as a kid <laughs> gamer,
1: though, um, really interesting to think about those kind of things, because by the time I got a Super Nintendo, we I was only a year or two from 64, and I got the 64 on launch.
0: Yeah, I remember that. You had Mario 64 and it came over to my house. Because mm-hmm. it, it released
1: right on, it was released like right on my birthday. I just sucked so
0: hard at that game, I still do.
1: Yeah, it's just, But yeah, that's another weird. thing, they introduced something new.
0: Yeah, can't get used to that damn 3D joystick thing. But the other thing that I wanted to throw in real quick, didn't you hate when you went to people's houses and like, they were so good because they owned the game, but you, you didn't play it, and then they just just like, whoop your ass. I always hated that because I was like, just let me take this game home for fucking two days, and I will school your little ass. <laughs>
1: so, so you know what that is? Mm. That is online gaming right now. If you buy the newest Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, or Black Ops, or newest, newest Battlefield game that comes out, or Tom Clancy game, if you get on that game one or two days late, you get online, they destroy you. And they constantly play 24-7, all the all the people online. And it's usually like kids, because they have all the time in the world and nothing to do. So, like, you go on there, and, like, you're getting your ass destroyed by these kids. And you're like, mother effer. And to me, it pisses me off. Like, I was literally playing the Doom beta um, on the Xbox One. And this was the beta before the game came out, the online
0: version, people were, like, destroying me, and I'm like, what the hell? That's
1: why I like co-op,
0: because part of the fun... is working together. ...is, and the OCD aspect of, like, collecting things. So w- what I do when I have a multiplayer, you can program settings. I'll put, like, you retain your weapons when you respawn. Yeah. But I have you respawn at the beginning of the level, just so there's some kind of punishment. Yeah, yeah. But... You still retain your weapons. See, that's part of the fun of Doom. Like you get all this fucking accumulation of badassery. Yeah,
1: and I'm talking like the new Doom, which the multiplayer's not even good.
0: Which the whole problem is when you die, you got nothing.
1: Yeah. Well, like like the actual single single player of the new Doom's cool. The um, there's a, there is a multiplayer co-op aspect, which is awesome.
0: Well, yeah, because no one's murking your ass from left field.
1: Yeah, exactly, but.
0: It's a pain in the ass. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, that's exactly what, like, going to a, a, a friend's house back in the day was like. So, people that, you know, game now, go to a friend's house back in the day and you don't own a Super Nintendo and all of a sudden they're showing you uh, a game, whether it be like Killer Instinct or whatever, um, you have no way of playing it. They're, they're just going to destroy you or... You know, just showing you new stuff and going, well, why can't you do this? Well, because you play it all day and I don't. Like,
0: it's, it's funny you mentioned Killer Instinct because that's another cool SNES story that I probably won't ever tell any other time. There you go. We probably, we probably won't do a Killer Instinct episode. Maybe, but I doubt it. Do it to it. So, uh, yeah, and it kind of goes in with the whole thing. Like, I was getting my ass kicked by some buddies. I got the game. I played it a whole night. I stayed up to like 4 a.m. And um, I mastered Orchid, and I can do all her shit, um, ultra combo, killer combo, you know, everything. And then I stayed home another three or four days, and I had the strategy guide. Oh, nice. I bought it from Toys R Us. The binding was horrible; like all the pages they fall out. Yeah. So right now I still have it, and they're all like <laughs> it's just classic. But again, that's nostalgia, you know.
1: Might be able to use a little heat on it now, and it might remelt that glue interesting, yeah,
0: we'll mess around with it when you come when you come around <laughs> <laughs> so I learned how to do a killer combo with every single character, so that's the most a king is the second to most king combo, killer combo, and then the ultra you can only do at the end of the match when they're in the red, mm hmm So when they're in the red, you can do a super-duper combo. You can string a killer combo with an ultra combo and make it, like, super crazy. Then they fly off the building and hit the the car. (laughs) That's great. Well, the combos were amazing (laughs) in that game. Dude, so I went back and I destroyed everybody. They still don't talk to you to this day. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) And the roller rink had a killer instinct arcade, so then I would school the shit out of that eventually. The whole problem with those games is, like, you don't know what you don't know. So yeah, I kind of saw that too. And that actually turned me off in a way. It's just like, so esoteric and fucking like cryptic that I almost prefer like a platformer where like anybody who walks up to it, and if you walk up super Mario brothers, we all have a fair shot. Like this, is just you and your instincts, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's hear your killer instinct stories.
1: So like, Killer Instinct was interesting because I did actually get Killer Instinct right when it came out. So that was about after, it was like right after I got my Super Nintendo. Because the Super Nintendo that I got was the Mario Brothers, uh, Super Mario All-Star, Super Mario World combo cart came in mine. So it was like the, the combination of both. So this is well after Mario All-Stars was released.
0: That's yeah, it's the best one. Um, it is. <laughs> it's,
1: it's an awesome-ass game um, just because it has everything on it and um it was it was really cool because basically then killer instinct came out came out with cd and everything and it was super crazy because i literally that was the only game that i had that was new so i played the shit out of it and good old kingsters would come over and we figured out how to manipulate the game to where you could juggle with every character and get 99 hit combos like infinite combos. You get over 99. So we made sure and we had a, a notepad that I made. Uh, and I think I was in high school by this time. I want to say it was, it was close. It might have been like really early or, or maybe late junior high, but basically what we were doing, I think it was junior high, we would sit there and write on the notepad when we would, uh, how, what our top combos were. And eventually they were all 99s. Like it was crazy. You could see the progression on the sheet. It'd be like, 13 and then 15 and so basically it was just ridiculous like how how far we would get with each character and like doing some of those where you had to do the charge moves and shit and the timing you'd have to do like think about that now it's like i don't even think i could do a 13 hit combo with uh some of those guys where you have to charge like was it a thunder and combo combo you would literally have to charge he was hard saberwolf's like back forward moves he was easy combo you have to like hold for a, a split second before you, you push forward and it's just but we figured it out man and it was <laughs> it was insane
0: did you knock them off like the uh the, the wall or anything or like the buildings was it, was it, was, it well, was it like a juggle for the 99 yeah you it was like you, them, you would
1: you would have to juggle them in like the edge of the screen
0: so how did that work
1: like I I don't even remember. I just know it was you would have to go from like low to medium to high, just like you would do combos, except for it have to do with air strikes and land strikes, like somehow alternating a certain way, and it was different per character.
0: So there were no combo breakers when you guys were playing. So were you just playing like a the practice mode? You know how you can just beat the shit out of Fulgore?
1: Um, I can't remember. I I'm pretty sure that's how we had to do it. Yeah. To, to do the max combos. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you had to, because I mean, after you, I know in the new game, if you miss the combo breaker the first time, you don't get to do any more till the combo string's done. I'm not sure if that's how the Super Nintendo one was. You can do a combo breaker at any time. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, if you missed the combo breaker because you try it again and again. Yeah. And again. Oh yeah. See, so, yeah, that's what that's what I thought. So I'm pretty sure we had to play it versus the uh, versus the. Practice mode or the dummy guy, yeah, yeah, the, the dummy or whatever with training. I think it was. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure in like one of my shoe boxes or something in in my uh, collection, like in a tote somewhere. I think I still have that sheet.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that would be great to like take a snapshot.
1: Yeah, post it to the blog, to the to the uh, the website. And that was a
0: really killer soundtrack. Um, I've I've used some tunes throughout the duration of the episodes for sure um and i'll probably use a few more but uh they came with the cd it's worth noting
1: oh yeah like the the actual soundtrack itself was cool the crazy thing was is that my cd for some reason i wanted it in a jewel case and it was slightly bigger than the jewel case so i actually cut the bottom of my (laughs) the bottom of my cd holder and I made little notches so it could fit in the jewel case, and then I put the CD in the jewel case for like so many years, so I actually like ruined the slip case on my killer cuts.
0: <laughs> I think we we've all done that at some point where at the time it seems like a great idea, yeah, but to, then your collector self looks back and you're like, "Oh man, what was I thinking but But at the time, yeah it's like,
1: yeah, mutilation world. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because we we didn't think of it as like artifacts at that time. We, yeah, we just wanted it the um we wanted it to be efficient and like the way we want it.
1: Well, the, the crazy thing is, is like that dichotomy was weird and and failed me, but the other dichotomy like completely helped me out, which was putting on my manuals in a baggie all together.
0: Oh yeah, your classic story. Yeah, so they're all meant. Yeah. They're all
1: mint, except for the baggie that I had my '64 manuals and got wet, and they all stuck together somehow. So those are all ruined. Just the '64 ones.
0: Yeah, and the the SNES so, manuals are taller than the NES ones.
1: Yeah, they're the same size as '64, so I'm surprised that they weren't with them. But yeah, that's craziness that you know they're all like mint. So I had them in like different sections because I had so many manuals because I kept all the NES ones and the Super Nintendo and all the other madness, so.
0: What's interesting, too, is the N64 boxes are the same dimensions as the SNES.
1: Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Basically, they just changed the, uh, the little tray inside. Or didn't they didn't even have a tray in 64, though? Didn't they just have like a piece of cardboard that folded?
0: Yeah, I got some um, replacement ones. You gotta like do them yourself. Ugh. It's kind of hard, but you can figure it out after your second or third one, you got it. It's like shrink wrap and stuff. After your second or third one, you're like, I got this... Interesting thing was I got the SNES like so my dad he actually came home one day with it. He just had it. i you know? <laughs> like jeez. It was weird because he was like living through me cuz I could play the games.
1: Like seriously like you had the childhood that we all wished we had video game wise. <laughs> like for real like like anybody thinks about like what would be the perfect childhood? How about just coming over from school and like oh by the way here's a Super Nintendo for for Thursday.
0: <laughs> I got Super Mario World that came with the the original console and I was like, Oh I I also got uh, F Zero and Pilot Wings too. Oh. <laughs> like, dude, are you starting colour like Maybe <laughs> <laughs> So he was he was like I had to beg him to sell it to me and I, I always was like I don't know, like half believed him, just I don't know. Just because it was like, what do you mean, big I I, I could never get away with something like that. So I was always, that's probably why I was like, I could never walk into a place and just get something. So I actually was looking online today. Okay, so when I got my SNES, I still have the box. So at yeah. that point, I had smartened up. I started keeping all my boxes at that point. During the, N- the NES time, my ma had stored them away secretly, and I didn't know, but I didn't care. Like, Yeah. But now I had started to smarten up. And, uh,
1: that's pretty early too it's
0: yeah and it's the the date so there was a sticker
1: so so think about that dichotomy though Kyle uh-huh. for for you get to the 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 awesome punchline is that like like so you were the 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 crazy kid that everyone was envious of and not even the craziest cuz we got those still the crazier ones that had every fucking game oh, but yeah. like but like you got really cool stuff from your parents but not only that but you were smart enough in your and your Mom was smart enough to store all the boxes, so not only did you get them all as a kid, but you have them all still. That's crazy. That's madness, dude. Like that's amazing. And I mean that—that's why you're so nostalgic for a lot of this stuff too, is because it, like it's been around forever.
0: And it's when I didn't see the boxes, and then she came with them. It like built my fortress up like mentally, because I I didn't care that much until all these boxes are here, and now I care that much more. Because it's my reality. And it's your history. And that actually culminated. It's actually culminated in a a little story involving theft. (laughs) Ah. So, (laughs) I actually won't say his name, but there was this dude when I was a kid. And it was interesting. His dad was a doctor and his mom was a lawyer. And so he was, like, hella rich. But his parents really didn't pay too much attention to him. It was kind of like sad. Like, they just left him. They hired like a nanny. It was there all the time and he just kind of took care of their business. And so he was. Um, he actually burned his house down playing with matches in the closet. Like, that was the classic story of our elementary school. Like, do you know this kid burned his house down? Like, but years after that, he started hanging out with me. <laughs> that was a bad idea, right? And he was actually throwing rocks. In Ridge Road at one point, my dad caught him. We were, like, outside playing, and he was picking up rocks and chucking them at the cars. And I was like, oh, my God, my dad. Like, what the fuck are you doing? So, I mean, this kid was crazy. But uh, I only hung out with him a few times, and we would always play Contra 3, the Alien Wars, and um, use Game Genie so we could play it on hard. And when you play it on hard, you unlock a bunch of different bosses at the very end. So it's a longer game, it's cooler. So we'd always play that. My dad actually wouldn't let him come over because one day in Super Mario World he died too many times or something and he got pissed off and threw the controller. And he like hit the wall and my dad was like in the next room so he's like he saw all this shit happen and know he's like what the fuck was that? So (laughs) he's never coming over again. Um, So after that, we just wouldn't answer his calls, or I'd be like, "No, I, I can't hang out today." You know, I didn't want to be like too stiff with them. I don't know. I was always a nice kid. I didn't want to hurt his feelings too much, but so such a nice little guy. <laughs> and this is what I get. This is what I get for it. Uh, so, one day, he's hanging. He's hanging around. He's riding his bike around town because he's bored. And uh, I guess supposedly he ends up going to my house. And my dad takes me to this, like, basketball camp. Because when you're a kid, you know you're all in sports, and everyone's in sports, and it's just what you do, and it's good. You're supposed to be active as a kid, but my dad's like, that's the only time I never locked the door. And when I got home that day, the Contra 3 was missing, Super Mario World was missing, and the SNES Game Genie was missing.
1: Was uh, was Mario is missing?
0: Missing. <laughs> He was missing all right. So I he was, was like, and it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> so he took like the, the classic ones that he liked. That we, and that we always played. That's how mm-hmm. I, I figured it out in two ways. I figured it out in the fact that he stopped calling me. <laughs> yeah, like it breaks off contact. That's a big one. So for anybody listening, if someone ever stops calling you and something's missing, they probably stole it. That guilty conscience just gets the, gets the best of everybody. Um And those were the two main games we always played with Game Genie. So he actually wanted the same experience. So you could have infinite lives and you could just play the game all the way through. You know, it's like the classic Double Dragon 2. We'd always play that with Game Genie just so you could play the whole game. It was like the best two-player experience, one of them. And so was Mario World and so was Contra 3. Um, but it's the weirdest thing when someone's stolen something and, like, you don't know what happened to it and it's like, I'm calling my mom at work, like, did you, did you lend the games to anyone or at work or church or something that I don't know? And he's like, no, you know, and my dad was like, went on a huge scavenger hunt, and like went to all the parents' houses and like talked to them and it was nuts. And we never found out. I knew who it was because obviously he stopped calling, but years later in college, I actually got a letter in the mail. From him, he was going to, like, a Bible college, and one of his deals is where you have to confess. You have to confess to somebody for a wrongdoing that you've done, and that's one of, like, how you get to your priesthood. So he wrote me a letter, and he was like, one day I crept into your house when no one was home, and I stole your games. (laughs) So there's closure here, and, and I went home. And what else is interesting? Rich Dobbin, who we mentioned a few times. Dirty Dick Dobbin. Yeah, dirty dick, hell yeah. <laughs> go, Rich, go. But he actually said he went to his house one day and he saw the Game Genie book. And I had my name written in the top left. You know how you'd write your name on stuff? Oh, yeah. And it was scratched out. He actually saw the shit. He's like, yeah, he has Mario World, he has Contra 3. And that book's scratched out. There's some writing underneath it.
1: Wrote not Kyle Gilberts.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I already knew, but he didn't know, so I couldn't, like, you know. Clasped the fucking chains down but yeah man dude that's crazy and he f- actually felt bad about it that's the thing like that's why i don't do any of that shit because years later it's like you regret it
1: well karma's a bitch like it's just might as well just be nice to people and you know do right and try to try to do as good as you can like that's the key
0: and that's, that's really fucked up story. Now,
1: now let's reel you back into the, uh, the punchline earlier that I interrupted you with.
0: <laughs> the dates. So the SNES, my dad was like, yes, I had trouble getting this at Toys R Us. I had to beg him. And the date was actually written on the front of the SNES box. There's a sticker that says like, basically, it's like if you have any issues, Call this number. It was a... Yeah. It, it wasn't a Toys R Us sticker. I was just looking at it like 10 minutes ago. Well, I was just looking at it about 50 minutes ago. at <laughs> 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 had three minutes... I mean, an hour and a half ago. <laughs> Fun times. It didn't say Toys R Us. It just said, contact Nintendo. And they had their own number there. Now... There was a slot where they would write down the date that you bought the game because there must be a warranty thing, right? Mm. So they have to catalog like when you got it. So if you ever bring the box back, so it actually has the date that the my system was was uh, sold and it's on the actual box on a sticker handwritten. The actual Super Nintendo in North America was released on August 23rd, 1991. My ticket says August 24th. 1991 and i'm thinking my dad might be right because she's probably like you know we got some pre-orders on this but so i wonder what he did i want to ask him next time i see him if he forked over a little extra dough or what the fuck he did like or if there was some issue there where they're like all right we'll give it to you we got enough in stock or so that i'll have to clarify for a later episode but he he wasn't lying he got a day after launch date that's fucking crazy
1: yeah that is pretty awesome, though, that Jesus. without a pre-order, he picked it up. Yeah. I mean, there's there's always situations, like, like nowadays you'll see stuff getting out before the street date, which is insane.
0: And that that makes that box, like, amazing. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Though. <laughs> yeah. That has the handwritten date. That's the patina. Like, holy shit. Yeah, it's not, like, computer or anything, like a printed typewriter at the time, like a press or anything.
1: It's one of those things where, as I get older, when I get things, like, I don't necessarily remove the stickers off the uh, sides of the back or unless it's something that like is jacked up but if it's something that's an old school sticker that has a history to it now too Mm -hmm. i mean that's a cool part of it big time it's kind of removing some of the history of that you know game or system
0: we were talking about yeah the carts where it's got like you know hometown video or something Fucking Land, or on the back, yeah, Hometown Video, or whatever the hell you want. And you can be like, dude, I, I fucking rented that game just like you did. Exactly.
1: It's super cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, dude, like, that's yeah. that's
1: hilarious. Your dad got that system, like, day after. and
0: He saw, like, the promise in my ability, and he, like, furthered it. It was really interesting. It, I think it's because, like, he, he was a sports guy, and I was okay at sports, but I wasn't, you know, some, like, phenomenal thing. Yeah, you know, I was just like an average. So I think he was like, "Well, if he's good at this, let me support him. Let's let's try to like further this, you know, to his abilities." And and as I mentioned in a message between me and you, I basically sharpened my spelling and my reading skills to where I would test out of reading classes at a very very early age, specifically because I read the Zelda NES and the Mario three instruction books on like a nightly basis before i went to bed it was just like i fucking love that shit so much i would just sit there and take it all in and it was like a little ritual for me and then i would just it was so fucking cool so it not only did it help me to read and you know write and all that shit but then with doom the packer bell i had to figure out how to make a boot disc and how to make a game that had way too much memory for for a computer of that time Packer Bell was like super old, so it couldn't run Doom, but I figured out how to make a boot disk, I figured out how to operate DOS, DOS Language, DOS Shell. So actually, I can credit everything to video games, like, legitimately.
1: (laughs) That's awesome, though. It's
0: like, where I am today, you you wanted something so bad that you would just do whatever it is to to get it. And that's the other lesson that I learned. If you ever want something so bad, you will have it, because nothing on this fucking planet will stop you. If you want it, bad enough and that's with your books that's proof right there because you know they're fucking there now there they are because <laughs> the drive yeah i just
1: just wanted to do it like and i definitely have just like you where we complete tasks when we start them like that's a that's a huge thing nowadays is a lot of people like don't complete something and move on to the next thing and move on to the next thing and move on to the next thing and where you and I are OCDs, so we like have to complete things
0: and stubborn that's a big part though
1: and stubborn so, i mean it's part of that's our family <laughs> that's the curse part of it man
0: stubborn to a fault we won't take no for, like for an answer we just won't i think that's a big part cuz we won't let it yeah get the best of us just like the video games we come back the next day and destroy it you got me yesterday but today you're not
1: it's so one thing that's interesting is my little one right now is not as stubborn as I was as a kid. Like, she is in with what she wants. But, like, with, like, video games, she's really quick just to hand it over to me. But I've noticed when, I, when I'm not around or if I'm doing something on my computer and she's on the red tent playing the Mad Wizard, she'll play
0: pretty far. Like, but if I go over, oh, you play daddy. <laughs> Which is cool, too, because she wants to watch, like, how you do it. Yeah, that's actually amazing in its own little like conversation piece. But but I want to watch how she does it. It's the hard part. But well, she wants to watch how her daddy does it. exactly. <laughs> so
1: it's interesting. But yeah, it's interesting too. Like mentioning the book thing. Like so, like if something happened, like Nintendo pulled some crap or something, like I'm stubborn. I'm gonna. I'll get. I'll fix it. Like it's not, there's, it's not going to be down like, hell, my first Kickstarter and and a few years back, like Kickstarter took it down because you're apparently not allowed to say that you donate, you'll donate funds. You're not allowed to donate things to charity on Kickstarter. And I was reinstated within a day or two. It was like, because basically I was like, yeah, we're going to fix this, fix it immediately. They rechecked it and it was good to go. But like I wasn't gonna let it sit there and like so like if something happens with any of my stuff, like I will take it to task and make sure it, it gets out.
0: Yeah, there's a certain undeniability,
1: you know. Oh exactly. Yeah, and super Super Nintendo is um is definitely an interesting system with that because it's like right in the middle between, you know, the awesome nintendo era of us having infinite time uh with you i think you still had plenty of time with your super NES because you got it so early whereas i would didn't have mine more than a year or two before 64 came
0: out well i had the most time of anyone because i got it right at launch so
1: exactly like that's yeah. insane i mean i know i played it over at your place too like maybe like right after it came out i could almost assume that i was over playing mario world and craziness
0: yeah, my my dad even did that later on, like PS2 era. He bought me like some games and just wanted me to play them for him. <laughs> play them, boy! Yeah, he was like <laughs> 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 <It's hilarious>. standing, <laughs> <horned> over you. <laughs> yeah, he would sit in the room, but actually wouldn't be that long. He'd probably sit in it for half an hour, an hour, and then he'd get bored and go do something. But so it was, it was out of love too.
1: Yeah, I think that's the one thing where you and I like. We have a different mindset than the uh, the older generation, and it could be our generation has a different mindset than the older generation. That, like, we actually enjoy taking a step back as well and just enjoying things. I mean, I think that's kind of why we do the podcast too. But it's like, even like if somebody else is playing the Super Nintendo now, like watching Andrea play Paperboy Two on Super NES, like I enjoy just watching her master it nowadays. Like I can just sit back and chill.
0: I've always had the voyeur thing. I always love people watching, period. So people watching something that I enjoy, like, bonus. <laughs> and and the crazy thing was is I was the opposite as a kid.
1: Like, as a kid, I was the shithead who didn't want to share, and my daughter definitely, definitely picked that up for me. Um, <laughs> but, like, I would sit there and play... Mario Brothers or Contra or whatever, not Contra because that's co op, but anything that was not co op. And like I'd play with my brother who would come in town because he was either in college at the time or the Air Force or he was doing something. And he would come in town and I'd play and then he'd play for two seconds. I'm like, you've been playing for an hour. The classic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like, and then like I'd get to play again. And my brother, he was older, didn't
0: give a shit. He's like, alright, here you go, asshole. Like, <laughs> here you go, you little shit. I got to throw this in real quick. The Ninja Gaiden, I don't know if I, I probably have told this, but the there was a dude, uh, he won't care, Derek Shimming, he was awesome. He was the one where his parents bought him a Game Boy because they didn't want him to get a console, but in the end, they probably end up spending more, the same or more money on the Game Boy and all the peripherals. God. Shimming it off the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I told him that there was two players in Ninja Gaiden, and he, he could control the enemies. <laughs> oh yeah! And he believed it. He's like, it was the same with Sonic and Tails. I had him be Tails, but actually, in Ninja Gaiden, I had him tricked. He's like, man, I can't, I can't kill you. Like, what the hell? And that was my my way of like subduing him. <laughs> subduing him. A little like manipulator boy. It's Make great. him feel like. Yeah, it's like the Charles Manson approach. <laughs> Make him feel like he's actually like doing something like positive, and <laughs> he's actually doing nothing.
1: It's like you. It's like those pictures you see of like parents giving their kid like they're playing Nintendo, and they give their kid an Xbox controller, and they're like, "You're playing with me." <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly, because it, it it works. So it's like cool. Just keep keep this going, you know. <laughs> so. I can continue to play forever. Slapdown's <laughs> <laughs> so actually just as bad. I just figure out a way to make them believe it you're more manipulative <laughs> <laughs> which is actually worse like <laughs> it's awesome oh good
1: times man mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, yeah it's just super fun now.
0: no man now now the, the,
1: now the question is when you had your super nest, because you got it at launch date um did did you start getting a lot of used games, or were they all new? Like, what was your first couple used games on Super Nintendo? And
0: I got some crazy ass used stories too. Oh, cool! <laughs> yeah, after I got those, pretty much like I was good for a while. I I didn't say like much. I was I was almost like, you know, I'm not going to ask for for anything for a long time. This is this is great, you know. This is cool. I I do remember eventually getting like Mario Kart, Mario All Stars. Uni Racer is is oh. so under so underrated. Oh, I love that game. Like Oh my
1: we, god. Like we literally like when we get our retirement house we just need to like master Uniracers to play them
0: Oh, dude. because yeah, it's a it's like a memorization lover's dream. It's perfect. Yeah, and you know exactly how many flips you have to do until you get to the next spot and you gotta jump over this little pool and it's just like it the control because it's like a rare game, so the control is beautiful. It's like uh, Donkey Kong Country was another one. Mm-hmm. Donkey Kong Country is interesting. I remember that game being so fucking hard. That was the game where it was super hard the first time I played it. And then the second time I played the level, it was like not like half as hard. It was like 75% less hard. Interesting. So it was almost easy the second time I played it. I don't know if that's just the way my mind worked and like I knew what to do. You have a you have a pretty good like photographic style memory though. Yeah, I think that's what it was.
1: Yeah, whereas I like I didn't think it was as hard, but I'm more of a reactionary gamer. Yeah. So like I'm way different than like like me and you playing a game co-op together like we destroy because we
0: hit both sides of the spectrum that's what's interesting too yeah because we played we approach it in different ways yeah and then eventually i knew where every barrel was where every streaker was that was me and matt matt barney we like collaborated so (laughs) between us yeah yeah, between us we got 101 percent in the first donkey Kong country nice that was a really big accomplishment so that was another one castlevania 4 was another one i got really early So, so all these were like new when you got them, though, right? All of them. I actually didn't get my first used game until I bought Super Mario World and Contra Three and the NES Game Genie and ah, Funko Land. Getting them back. <laughs> I had the boxes, uh, well, Mario World didn't come with the box, so um, I also had the manual for Mario World and the manuals for Contra 3, but so I got them back, that was like another birthday present, that was like later when I was back into it. That's crazy, as we got back into
1: the retro thing, like, when everybody else was getting out of it. Like, we just kinda like, got back in and got all our shit and then never got out.
0: And back in the day, the most expensive NES game, at least in the retro time, just going to Funkaland thinking, River City Ransom was like twenty five bucks, and that was the bee's knees. The bee's knees. <laughs> Ducktales two was like fifteen. Yeah, it's interesting now that River City Ransom is like still kind of cheap. Still like still like twenty five dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> never went That's out. what's weird. And Ducktales two was like A million dollars on the moon, pun intended. That's right. <laughs> thank you for listening to vgbs we appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh arduous
1: podcast we love it thank you thank you thank you if you want to correspond with us you can email us at vgbspodcast at gmail.com but we also have a phone number it is two two six
0: four vgbs
1: you can leave us a voicemail shoot us a text message um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us. Shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter,
0: Google+. We love hearing what people um think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo!
1: Later!